Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's up, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for leaving a review. If you do, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, got a lot of stories dropping at golongtd.com from our training camp tour. So as I noted earlier this week, we'll be putting up some camp reports, kind of what we're seeing, what we're hearing. Uh, and definitely the main purpose of this trip was to sit down at length with star players from across this league. So you can expect those features later this month. Uh, yeah, I was able to sit down with T.J. Watt for one in Pittsburgh and, and learned a lot about T.J. Watt that I absolutely had not known before, and I don't think many people did. So uh, be on the lookout for those, for those stories. And if you don't, you can always subscribe. Go along to com. You have free options, pay options. I uh, would love to have you join the community one way or another. And I just thought it'd be good here on the podcast feed to kind of touch on some observations from these training camps. Don't want to make any sweeping conclusions. You know, when you parachute in for one day, uh, you don't want to be anointing anybody a Super Bowl champion or the worst team in the NFL. It is funny, though, when you turn on some of this coverage, and I swear the NFL is just going to let all 32 teams make the playoffs. Everything is hunky-dory. Everything is butterflies and rainbows and sunshine and... Yeah, as we learned this week with uh, the Deshaun Watson news and the Stephen Ross punishment, it's not all rainbows and sunshine, typically, in professional football. Um, so yeah, we'll kind of take it one team at a time for some mini pods. Uh, to start this thing off, I was in Rochester, New York. I, I should say Pittsburgh, New York. I went to St. John Fisher my freshman year before transferring to Syracuse, so got to get the details on that right. You know, I think we do have a lot of Buffalo Bills fans who listen to this podcast, so it's probably not breaking news to share that Isaiah McKenzie is the quote-unquote star of training camp, for what it's worth. Um, No surprise to our listeners, right? I mean, you got to know Isaiah McKenzie at a different level through the Isaiah McKenzie show, and you could kind of hear his frustrations, see his frustrations, it didn't make a lot of sense to him last year why he really wasn't used. I mean, he he would mock his role as a as a practice player, um, getting guys water, just kind of jet sweeping around, uh, serve as a decoy really if he was used at all on offense. But it's always been in him, right? I mean, he was there with Josh Allen during Allen's rookie season. He's the longest tenured receiver, even though Allen hasn't been throwing to him a lot on game day. He hasn't thrown the ball to anybody more than Isaiah McKenzie since he's been in Buffalo. right? They, they've been together in practice. They know each other. There's a reason in that New England game when Isaiah McKenzie's only playing because other players got COVID and weren't able to play, and the Bills had no choice but to play him, there's a reason that Josh Allen has no problem gunning it downfield on deep routes to a diminutive receiver, right? He's not a big guy. There's not a lot physically to Isaiah McKenzie, but even then, Allen's throwing it to him in tight windows, tight coverage, because he trusts him. 
He knows him. They've been together. And, you know, as luck had it for Isaiah McKenzie, and you wouldn't say it was luck for Jameson Crowder, but Crowder had the soreness, missed, missed the first week of training camp, and it presented an opportunity for Isaiah McKenzie to be the slot receiver. And when you watch practice, he is the guy leading the drills. He is the most vocal um, you know, he's teaching the younger players how to cut off their routes, how to nestle into zones. You can see it drill to drill, 7-on-7, 11-on-11. But but more than that, leadership stuff. I mean, he had that to his game last year. I mean, he was somebody that was taking charge behind the scenes. But beyond that, he's just making plays. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the route is and what the coverage is. He's going up and getting the ball. I think that elevation to his game is maybe what jumps out to me most is we know he's got speed. We know he can catch a ball and run away from you. And, and we even know that he's pretty smart, right? He, he's going to be able to find those little pockets in zone. I just think that that leaping ability and the the ability to make the contested catch, that's really been stunning to see in practice. If anything can be stunning in a training camp practice, it's, it's Isaiah McKenzie. I think that he's going to get a lot of targets this year. Unless... You know, they really think that highly of Jameson Crowder and his experience and plug him in when he does return and is healthy. I don't know. I think they're going to go with the incumbent. I think they're going to go with the player who's been in this scheme and this offense with this quarterback and that you're, you're going to see Isaiah McKenzie get a lot of targets inside Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. And uh, they had to they had to have a wrinkle, right? I mean, you see this out of... Hall of Fame quarterbacks and transcendent offenses, even the best of the very best. You think back to Peyton Manning's Colts when Bill Polian was the GM. They were always kind of tweaking and adding wrinkles, and they they weren't stalemated. And it was really fascinating to learn about Dallas Clark and, and chat with him at length for, for blood and guts and see how his addition, I believe, what, 2003, it added such a different dimension to what was already a really good offense. I mean, the Colts were no huddling, and and Peyton Manning's barking all those crazy audibles and changing plays and in total command But before Dallas Clark got there. But when he got there, uh, with his athleticism and his ability to operate in the slot against DBs, linebackers, whoever you want to throw out there, I mean, if they threw a DB out there, he would just pile drive them downfield and they'd run the ball. If it was a DB... And I'm sorry if it was a linebacker, then Peyton Manning went to him. I mean, they they, they perfected routes. I talked to Peyton Manning about um, their work in the offseason as well for that. But that was a huge wrinkle to what was already a phenomenal offense. And, yeah, the Bills lose Brian Dayball at offensive coordinator. We'll, we'll see how big of a loss that is. I think the Bills are selling the idea that things are going to kind of be the same with Ken Dorsey. But, you know, we'll, we'll see in a game if things are the same, right? If if he's calling plays and you get into a rhythm, we, we know that McDermott and Dable did not see eye to eye toward the end of the last season and how the running game was used. Dorsey's probably going to have to concede to McDermott in those situations this season. You, you would have to assume. Uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of rhythm he gets into as a play caller. But by and large, I, I think that a positive wrinkle for this offense is going to be the usage of Isaiah McKenzie, who, I mean, Cole Beasley was the best slot receiver in football two years ago. I think Peter King had him as an all-pro player um, because of the value of that position. He was automatic in some huge spots. I mean, think back to that that Rams win 
that the Bills had, uh, you know, in the empty stadium the COVID year where, where Beasley just makes a huge third down play in critical moments. That's who Josh Allen really went to. Isaiah could be that guy. And I don't think we can oversell just how good he's looked in training camp. A lot of fights, right? A lot of fights. I, I think that's uh, that's going to happen. But, you know, you obviously don't want to see your 330, 40, who knows how big Jordan Phillips's defensive line be getting into it with Allen. I, I don't think Phillips really hit him that hard as we got into it with Monus. But, yeah, you'd probably like to see less fights. But it's not about August for the Bills. It's not about September, October, November. It's about the playoffs. It's about rising to the moment when you're facing Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and you've got to deliver from a game management standpoint. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the Bills are, are ready for that for that moment. We don't know right now, but it's it's encouraging that you know the offense is evolving, that uh, the injuries they've had they've had some injuries, but it, it seems like they've dodged some bullets. We'll see Jordan Poyer's wrist what, what shakes out there, uh, but I, yeah, I think I think Buffalo is the Super Bowl favorite for a reason. They're going to be damn good. And, uh, yeah, that, that's going to do it for our, our Buffalo recap. You know, after that, I, I checked out the Steelers. And it's it's just an aesthetically polar opposite scene. I mean, you watch a Bills practice. The ball's getting thrown all over the place. It's dynamic. Um, it's very offensive-minded. A Steelers practice is very defensive-minded. For for better or worse. Maybe for better. I mean, the, the Steelers beat the Bills last season. I they, they believe in their style of play. You know, a, a highlight at a Bills practice is Josh Allen just making an impossible throw down the field. A highlight at a Steelers practice is that, that one-on-one drill with Mike Tomlin in the middle of it screaming and swearing and going nuts and just there being these violent collisions. That, that You're going to see more collisions at a Pittsburgh Steelers practice than you'll see really anywhere. I mean, they actually tackle. Teams don't tackle. They've always tackled. So... That's the way they want to play. It's not pretty when it comes to the ball traveling through the air. You know, a lot has been made of Mitchell Trubisky's struggles and 11-on-11 drills. Uh, Mark Caboli, the great beat writer for the Athletics, been tracking it. I don't know what, what he had yesterday. It was like 0 of 16 in one of the drills. I'll just say this. I mean, he looks better than Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett looks hesitant. Uh, it, 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 like, I, like I prefaced, I, I saw one practice, and... I'm kind of basing it off of that one practice and what I've heard from those who have seen practices day in and day out. And it, it does seem to be a theme that little jittery, um, a little scared to get hit, even though he's got that red jersey on and isn't going to get hit in a training camp practice. It, it's not time to be alarmed at all. I mean, outside of a Peyton Manning and a Joe Burrow, what rookie quarterbacks do look completely under control? Even in training camp, I mean, last year's class, it was mostly scattershot, chaos, you know, game to game. Mac, that, that, that's what made Mac Jones' rookie season that, that much more impressive is he, he was the one guy who didn't seem too flustered back there. So, yeah, no, not time to panic about Kenny Pickett, but they're going to be a team that wants to run the football with Najee Harris. And they're going to want to win with defense. And it sounds antiquated. It sounds like we should mock it, make fun of it, taunt it, especially when you look around the AFC. I mean, just look in their own division where you've got eh, Deshaun Watson. We'll see what happens there. 
the NFL's appealing. But Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and their health returning for 2022 after just an apocalyptic string. I mean, they were down to practice squad players in their backfield and secondary. Their offense is going to be loaded. And and obviously Cincinnati, where I'm at right now, I mean, they've got the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. They've got one of the five best running backs in the NFL. And they have Joe Burrow, who is going to absolutely break the bank when it's his time to get paid, and rightfully so. He'll be worth every penny and then some. So it's it's going to be tempting for any team in any of these games to get into a shootout because that's the way the game's set up. Think about the end of that divisional game at Arrowhead with the Chiefs and the Bills. There was no defense being played. It was back and forth. And, you know, my my mentor, colleague, Bob McGinn, hated it. And you heard him on, on that podcast. He couldn't stand it. He didn't like the fact that things came so easily for the offense in that game. The Steelers remain that throwback team that wants to punch you in the mouth. And it's it sounds like it won't work. I think it I think it can work. I think that they're going to stay in the playoff hunt like they always do under Mike Tomlin because it's not just a mentality, a temperament, the way they're being coached. They've got legitimate stars at each level. T.J. Watt may be the best player in football. Like I said, we'll have a story uh, on T.J. Watt. I go along later this month. We, we sat down and chatted for a long time, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that conversation. Cam Hayward, this side of Aaron Donald, maybe the best D lineman on the inside in the NFL. We don't talk about it enough. He's peaking a decade into his career. He takes on double teams. He still gets to the quarterback. Um, he's a leader. I, I love how he stood up for Mike Tomlin and the culture after Ben Roethlisberger uh, took that shot and, and said how guys are kind of coddled. Now he's a guy like Cam Hayward would make sure that the guys aren't coddled in Pittsburgh. And then, then you look at the linebackers, right? We mentioned Wad off the edge. What about Miles Jack? You know, he's kind of been lost and forgotten in Jacksonville. He comes over to Pittsburgh. One practice, I get it. He looked really good. He's active. He makes plays. He's around the ball. They, they've struggled to kind of replace Ryan Shazier since his horrific injury. And Miles Jack, I, I think they might have finally replaced him. And then the secondary, of course, they always have great corners. Uh, Tomlin always coaches those guys up. It doesn't really matter who's who's there. I, I think that Levi Wallace was talk about a bang for your buck signing as as good as it got this free agency. But Minka Fitzpatrick may be the best safety in football. Um, not only is he great in coverage and, and flies around run support when, when needed, but I mean he is making plays when they absolutely need it. So I, you've you've got some absolute playmakers, game changers. Um, on that side of the ball. And, and remember, they're, they're, they had no passing game much of last season. There just was nothing there. And I think it's an upgrade over what you had. And, and hey, Ben Roethlisberger, he'll walk into Canton. He wasn't the same guy by the end of last season. So don't sleep on the Steelers. Um, they'll be right there. And I'm really looking forward to those games. I want to see that Steelers style against that Bills style, right? Let, let you know, both teams are going to try to win a completely different type of game. And, and in week one, it was an opener. The Steelers got Buffalo to play their kind of game. Uh, what happens in the rematch this year, we're, we're going to see. All right, that's going to do it for this quick pod. Um, like I said, I'm in Cincinnati, so we'll get an episode up on the Indianapolis and Cincinnati training camp stops uh, next year on the feed. Uh, be sure to check out GoLongTD.com. Sign up to the newsletter if you don't. We're going to have a ton of stories there. 
And as always, hey, I cannot thank everybody enough for listening. I know you've got a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts. I agonize over the decisions myself, every road trip, what to listen to. So the fact that you are listening to this, it really does mean a lot. And we'd love it if you shared with a friend. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.